morning and uh, go ahead and turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Romans chapter 1 and uh, I'll try to get with it and get rolling and not, uh, each time that uh, I, I preach, I, I feel or <clears throat> I speak, I feel like I'm more inadequate all the time and maybe it's just a the Lord showing me more and more that uh, uh, I'm an unworthy servant, and uh, I pray that uh, I'm able to um, be a blessing to you. I sure don't. Um, I would have never dreamed uh, back when I was 18, 19, 20 years old that I'd be doing what I'm doing and, and be able to... Uh, um, uh, accomplish some of the things that I've been able to accomplish for the Lord and for His glory, not for mine, but for Him, and be able to uh, um, be a good uh, testimony for Him and be a good witness for Him and uh, a lot of things. So uh, <clears throat> don't think that God can't ever use you uh, in His work and His uh, in His ministry. God uses all of us. Uh, and he has a, uh, a plan for all of us. If you'll stand, uh, we'll read a couple verses and I'll let you sit back down. Uh, chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> Let's uh, start reading there. The Bible says, Romans 1, <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word. I pray that you would help me to uh, speak clearly, uh, help me to uh, focus on that which is important. And uh, may I be a blessing to those that have come this morning. If there's one under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, that today would be the day that they would receive you. We ask all this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. And you may be seated. Our world today is, is lost and on a collision course with judgment. All you got to do is uh, <clears throat> go down the street, uh, turn on the TV, uh, read the newspaper, read a book, whatever. You think of the entertainment and the things that we amuse ourselves with today. Crime continues to soar. Uh, you see it. Uh, I get to see it probably a little bit more than you do in the position that I have and then what Andrew does on a daily basis. Families that are what I would call the traditional biblical families are being destroyed. Millions of babies are being killed. Uh, on an annual basis, and all the while, we're told that people are not to be called sinners. And uh, we just don't like that word anymore. Uh, we don't use that word anymore. Uh, to call anyone a sinner is considered to be intolerant. You're a bigot. Uh, you're on the uh, other uh, side of the uh, uh, of the fence. You're too far right. Uh, uh, to the sin in the minds of many today is to call the sin a sin. 
And uh, we, we have that in the minds of those that are out there, and that's the way that our world uh, is thinking today. And, and that's the mindset of the world. Uh, people may be sick, but they're not sinful. Uh, they may be weak, but they're not wicked. Uh, they may be ill, but they're not evil. Today, almost anyone can give an excuse for the way he or she lives their lives. We have excuses. But Paul said there in the book of Romans that there is no excuse uh, for the thing. We like to live our lives uh, uh, by excuses and uh, uh, a reason for why we do what we do or the way that we believe uh, <clears throat> the way that we believe. I'll tell you this morning that sin is inexcusable. Uh, the world is headed for a judgment this morning, for the judgment for the sin that is in this world, and it's because of sin that we're headed for that judgment today. Uh, <clears throat> we read there in verse 18 of, the, uh, of Romans, and he talks about the wrath of God. The wrath means uh, uh, that which burns, and there, there are those that are going to claim that God is a God of love. And God is a God of love, and he can't be a God of wrath. But that's uh, uh, God is a, a God of infinite and measureless and, and fathomless love this morning. God loves you this morning. He's the one that penned, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But God is a righteous and a holy God as well. And uh, <clears throat> to take part of the truth and make it the truth uh, makes the other an untruth. And we have to have the whole truth this morning. And God is a God of wrath and judgment this morning. And uh, uh, now you may say, well, that's bad news. I didn't come to church this morning. I didn't get up to come to church this morning to hear somebody uh, uh, stomp and say that uh, he's a God of wrath and the sin of this world. That's what we need to hear more of uh, in, in our world today. I've been reading uh, uh, some of the books that uh, uh, Brother Grady, I, I'm finishing up uh, his book, and, and the, 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 uh, <clears throat> the, the periods of uh, the Philadelphian church age there and coming up through the 1800s up until 1901. And what they had was a bunch of leather-lung preachers that got up and just preached the word. They didn't have three-point sermons. They didn't have all these other things. They preached the judgment of God, and people got saved, and the things were changed in the world, and, and, and America was going in the right direction. That's where we were at. And that's the things that were going on. And it wasn't a, a, a lovey-dovey kind of relationship with that. But why does man make excuses this morning? We make excuses for everything. Some of you have already broke the promises that you made at the beginning of the year that you were going to uh, do. You're at the 14th day of January and you've already broke some of those promises. We've made excuses we make excuses. We will make excuses for why we have done what we've done and the reasons that we've done it. I'll give you a few things that I think <clears throat> this morning. I think man is self-determined. Uh, <clears throat> those that Paul refers to in this passage, they're the, uh, they're the heathen, heathen in these uh, first couple of verses here in 19 and 20. The ones who have not heard the word of God. Some people try to reason, or man tries to reason, uh, that they'll be excused on the ignorance, uh, on the basis of ignorance or the environment, the things that are there, why there is no God. But God said that there's no excuse because his existence is clearly seen this morning. You can't excuse your sin because you don't believe in God. 
because you say that uh, there is no God. God reveals himself to mankind. And I expounded that in a couple of those uh, verses that I read. God reveals his truth to man because he says in that verse, because that which may be known of God is manifest what? In them. It's in them. They know uh, this is an inner witness that everybody has. And it's called your conscience this morning. It, it, your conscience witnesses to you. It's in you that there is a God that exists this morning. And uh, whenever once uh, somebody claims to be an atheist, they're lying. They're not an atheist. There's an inner witness in them that's telling them that there is a God this morning. And the problem is not with their head. The problem is with their heart. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. He didn't say it in his mind. It's in his heart. John 1, 9 says that, the, that uh, he was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. There's a light that's in every man, and it's, it's lit until it's put out. They, 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 you can uh, uh, extinguish that, that light by not believing in that God and not receiving what he's done for you. It's clear to every person this morning that God exists. Man makes an excuse for it. And then he also showed it unto them. Look at the second part of that verse after the semicolon. For God has showed it unto them. Romans 1, this is talking about creation, the, the, the creation that God made. God has two witnesses this morning that say he exists. Creation, this is the outward, objective witness that's there. And then conscience, this is the inner uh, man, the subjective witnesses. How did the stars and the universe happen? All you have to do is go over to Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. You step outside, you see what God has done. You see the things that are around you that God has made for you. You can determine that there is a God. There is the scope and influence of God's truth. Everybody knows, but they resist truth this morning. They resist the truth. And uh, <clears throat> he says over in the book of John, he said, Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Jesus is truth this morning. Uh, Romans 1.18, it says uh, that the, uh, uh, the heathen here, and if you look at the end of that verse, it says, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That passage means that they resist the truth. They smother it. They try to stifle it. And you think about the world today, that's exactly what they, they want to smother you out. They don't want you to be heard. They don't want the word uh, to go uh, out to those that need it. They want to hold back the truth of God. They don't want to know it's a willful blindness that's there. It's not that they can't believe it. It's that they won't believe it. They can believe it, but they won't believe it. So those who do not believe in God hold back the truth. So man is self-determined this morning that he will be God. Man wants to be his own God this morning. Man wants to rule his own life. He wants to make his own decisions. And when the, uh, <clears throat> the precepts and the teaching of God conflict with what man wants to do, then he's going to do what he wants to do and become his own God. And you see that as you read on down in these verses, and you see the progression that happens here. Man is self-determined, and then man is self-deceived as well. Look at verses 21 through 23. He says, because that, 
when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. That's one of those things that, we pre- that was preached at the beginning of the year about thankfulness. I, I, hope, I hope that you thank God every day for the things in your life as you've begun this new year. Something that you should have been thankful for. There's things that we can be thankful for. And if there's anything that I've done since January 1st, it's tried to be more thankful for what God has done for me and what he's doing for me. That's just a sidebar. But <clears throat> they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. A selfish indifference. The passage there says that they knew God, and it refers to their knowledge that they knew God exists, but they did not worship God. And there's a difference in knowing God and worshiping God this morning. And I pray that you came this morning that you wanted to worship the the God of this universe, the creator, the one who has given you everything that you have this morning, give you the opportunities that you have as an individual to live in a free country that you live in this morning. You could be in P&G this morning over there with some of those brothers. The countries in total, they've been in lockdown. Uh, The things that are going on, rioting, looting, all the things that are going on. But you are sitting on a padded pew this morning morning in a heated building able to uh, communicate with others that are around you. Put your arms around your children and love on them. Thank God for the things that you've got this morning. Be a thankful person this morning for the things that, but you came here to worship God. You know, if we study the Bible just to satisfy our curiosity, then we're not going to learn truth. Truth is not given to satisfy your curiosity in the Bible and the thing. Truth is given because our worship, uh, to promote worship and thankfulness for the things that uh, God has done for us this morning. If we learn truth, but we don't glorify God and are not thankful, then the, <clears throat> the very truth that we have, we end up losing it. We lose that if we don't have that truth. Uh, then in these verses, we see a cultured ignorance You know, we live in a a culture today that are ignorant of the things of God because man can't understand them because he's carnal. And he he doesn't want to know them. Uh, In in verse 22, we see professing themselves to be wise. What did they become? Fools. They became fools. And and, and a fool in Scripture is not somebody that's uh, uh, dumb. It's somebody that's ignorant of the things uh, that God would have for them. And, and we, we take that word and we want to uh, make it something and it's not, but it, it's those that don't understand what God would have. There are none so blind who refuse to see, but those who refuse to see think that they see perfectly clear. And they're not seeing it. Uh, when Paul was on the road to Damascus, what did they do? They took the scales off of his eyes because he couldn't clearly see what God had for him and the plan that God was going to use him in. And we walk with our eyes scaled over. We as a society, and even me over the years, walked with my my eyes scaled over, not seeing clearly what God would want me to do or how he would want me to uh, handle a certain situation. You know, most think that Bible-believing Christians are fools and that they aren't wise. You know, if a person doesn't believe in the true God, that doesn't mean that he won't believe in nothing. He believes in something. 
Yeah, he, he's got a God. He's got a God, and he just don't have the God of the Bible that, that, that I worship or that you worship. He's got a God. And uh, many times uh, uh, you get in these debates with these intelligent people that are out there that call themselves atheists, that call themselves, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. Well, you're going to do it your way. And I'm going to tell you what the Bible says your way is going to end up in. You're, you're going to burn in a literal hell forever and ever. You better do it God's way, and God's way is the perfect way. He is the only, uh, only way, is what the Bible says in John chapter 14, 6. He's the only way to the Father. He's the only way to heaven. He's the only way to an eternal life this morning. And then we get down <clears throat> into verse 23, and we start to see the idolatry that comes out. And if you look there, it says, and change the glory of the uncorruptible God. And that means that literally they exchanged what was there. They exchanged uh, <clears throat> those things. They want to glorify man, and that's what we call humanism. And uh, <clears throat> it makes man the center and the circumference of all things. Uh, man is that centerpiece, not God. Uh, Jesus, Jesus is the author and finish, finisher of our faith this morning. And this passage shows that a man made in the image of the uncorruptible, Almighty God will worship anything. An idol basically is just a, it's, it's a magnified sinner. People take their worst vices that they have in their life, and, and whether it be greed, lust, pride, and they make gods out of them is what they do. They take the worst vices, the thing that, that keeps you from serving God this morning. Well, we take that and we make it a god. And man is so wicked that he makes a god out of his vices and then worships those vices by participating in them. The sinner molds the idol, and then the idol molds the sinner is what happens. That's exactly what happens this morning. And, and we, we, we're blind to it, and we don't see it because we're professing to be wise. We became fools in those things. We, we, we're, we're blind to it and we think that those things, we think because we're good when we come to church on Sunday morning, that we come to church on Sunday night, that we come to church on Wednesday night, that we pray, that we do. We've got idols in our life this morning that we need to take out. We need to remove those idols from our life and make sure that God is the center point of our lives and be wise. We profess ourselves to be wise sometimes and we're not <clears throat> that wise. An idol is anything we love more, love more, fear more, serve more, and value more than we do God. And if there's something in your life this morning that is there that uh, qualifies for that, falls into you check those boxes on one of those, you, you need to check yourself with the Lord. We exchange or substitute the glory of Almighty God for these kind of things. We've learned the way of the heathen. By idolatry. That's what the children of Israel did. They followed God for a while, but they got mixed up with the heathen. They got mixed up in the things that they were doing there. Uh, Psalm 106, if you go back and you read that, you see it says, but we're mingled among the heathen and learned their works. We learn those things. Uh, <clears throat> and they served their idols, which were what? A snare unto them. 
You get into those things, they're going to be a snare under your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Why am I not as close as I used to be to the Lord? Why am I not doing these things? Why am I attending? Why am I not reading like I should? Why am I not praying? There's something in your life that's got a snare. It's got a stronghold on you this morning, and you're not doing what God would want you to do. Idolatry is in America today. Idols everywhere out there. Idols everywhere. And I'm not, I'm just as guilty of it as you are. But we profess to be wise. And I've become a fool because of some of the things that are there. Man is self deceived. I deceive myself sometimes. I can deceive myself into believing that I'm where I need to be when I'm not really where I need to be. But man is on his way to a miserable self-destruction. That's what's on the way. And that's what follows these things that uh, we're talking about this morning. Look at verses 26 and 27. For this God, cause God gave them up. Boy, I don't like that. Unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, <clears throat> burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was me. Now, we oftentimes, we use this for the homosexual crowd, which it definitely falls into that and, and, and all part of it. But God <clears throat> laid out there, the end of it, they end up becoming sexually perverted. That's what, that's what happened. They followed a progression there. And these ver verses speak of the unnatural sins of Sodom is what it's speaking of. We don't like to talk about these things, but these are the things that happen. And this is what happens when you start getting those idols in your life. When you start getting away from the Word of God, God's going to turn you over to a reprobate mind. And you're going to start thinking these things are okay. In 124, God calls the sin uncleanness. He depicts it by lust and dishonor and the things that are there. In verse 27, He calls it unseemly. Unseemly. Things that we, we just can't imagine uh, that's going on. Leviticus 18, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. That is an abomination this morning, folks. I don't care how you want to twist it, how you want to take it. The God of this Bible says that that is an abomination before him, and it is a sin this morning. Sin. S-I-N. Call it what it is. Luke 17, Jesus told the disciples, and as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat. They drank. Boy, we do a lot of that. We like to drink. We like our drinking. Drinking tore my family apart. It ruined a marriage to where a kid couldn't grow up in a home with his mom and his dad. Don't tell me that drinking is okay. I can name thousands of reasons why drinking is wrong. 
and the families that it's tore up. I went to a prayer service two weeks ago. Everybody in there was addicted to alcohol or drugs, and alcohol was uh, the commonplace through the whole thing. But it's okay. And I sit idly by and watch those things happen and how it tore my family apart and how it's tore your families apart. But alcohol is okay. We can socially do it. I can contain myself. No, you can't contain yourself. Think about your fellow man and those that are out there that are affected by it and impacted by it. It's wrong. It's sin. S-I-N, sin. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came. And what did he do? He destroyed them all. Likewise, also it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone on them and destroyed them all. And we're headed down the same path. God's judgment is coming upon America, folks. Other people reason that our economy is good, you know, life's all okay. God's not going to judge us and judge our nation. We're the one where, you know, Christianity was brought over. It was founded. Sodom had a good economy at the time of their destruction, folks. Everything was going well in Sodom when God destroyed Sodom. Go back over into Ezekiel and read the book of Ezekiel. And he said in chapter 16, they were full of bread and idleness. That's America. We're idle. Nobody gets up and works anymore. There's only a handful of people that get up and go to work. You can't find nobody to work. You want to know why there's a shortage out there? Because we got a bunch of people full of bread and idleness this morning. Well, we don't like we don't like this. This is where it's real, folks. This is real life. I don't I don't know where we've been, but we we act like this just happened. It didn't just happen. This has been happening. And we've come down this road, down the road that we're on. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 6 is an example to those that live ungodly. There was sexual perversion as a result of turning from God. That's the point I'm trying to make there. What used to be called sin began to be called sickness, and now it's a socially accepted practice. Everything's socially acceptable anymore. The Bible calls it sin. Isaiah chapter 3, it says, Jerusalem was ruined, Judah fallen. They had rewarded evil unto themselves. But you know, not even beyond the sexual perversion, it's the sin of immorality in any form, including adultery, fornication. Pornography is a multi-billion dollar business. Your iPhones, all the stuff that you got, it's got pornography. It's pornography. Uh, There's stuff all over it. You need to get rid of some of that stuff on your phones. That's what you need to do. You don't need to have it on your on your phones. Millions of couples now choose to live together uh, without getting married. We 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 see no problem with that in America anymore. We just continually go down the road, and then we wonder what happened to the American family. What happened to the good biblical family? It's because we've changed the principles that God laid out for us to do. That's what happened. Romans 1, if you look at 28 through 31, they became socially perverted. And we're socially perverted in our society today. And then you look at verse 32, and we'll, we'll probably have to wrap up here. I'm getting a little bit long. 
Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. They come, become spiritually perverted in the way that they think. They get their pleasure from watching that immorality, the ungodliness, and the wickedness that's there. They get their pleasure from that. And their heroes become the people who are so spiritually perverted. We put these people up on pedestals that are spiritually perverted. And we shouldn't do it. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. And we didn't need not put those people on pedestals. The one we should put on the pedestal is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. They know the judgment is coming, but they don't care. Well, they will care. Nobody cares until it happens to them. That's the way it is. As long as it doesn't affect me right now, I'm not going to worry about it. Well, it is affecting you right now, and you better worry about it. Three times in this passage, God gave them up, he gave them up, and then he gave them over. The worst thing that God could do to us, to America today, is to let us have our own way. The worst thing that God could do to us would be simply to leave you and I alone in our sin. Hosea 4.17, Ephraim is joined to idols, let him alone. You don't want God to say, let you alone. If God's talking to you this morning, you don't want God to say, let him alone. You want your heart pricked this morning. You want God to step on your toes this morning. You want that because when God lets you alone, woe be unto you. He says over in Matthew chapter 15, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. And brother, I'm telling you, if you're being led by the blind this morning, you're going you're to fall in the ditch. You better get a hold of this book this morning. You better get up close to God this morning because God's judgment is coming upon this world. You better get close. You better listen to your preacher. You better get things right with the brothers and sisters in the pews. You better get things right with God because God is on his way. But that's the bad news. Now look at verse 16 of that same chapter. And I'll give you the good news. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The good news about all that is you can be saved. That's the good news. And those are the good things that God... God will always tell you that you shouldn't do this and there's judgment or there's going to be uh, some type of penalty or uh, uh, you're going to have to be punished for that. But God gives you a way. God always gives the sinner a way out. We can confess our sins. We can do those things that God would want us to do. Man is self-deceived this morning. Man is self-destructive. Man wants to do it his way. He wants to be his own God. You can see from those verses this morning, you're without excuse. There is no excuse this morning. You have no excuse. You will stand before God and give an account and give a reason for why you've done the things that you've done in this body that he's given you. 
I pray this morning that you know the Lord is your Savior. And if you don't, that you get that uh, made right this morning. And if you're not where you need to be with the Lord, that you get some of those things straightened out as we stand to our feet.